Hi, this is Scott Sischer, Deputy Editor of the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology in Practice, and I'm excited to present the highlights of our July 2023 issue, where the theme is anaphylaxis. We want to thank editorial board members Melody Carter and David Golden for doing a fantastic job coordinating this theme issue and for contributing a theme editorial that beautifully summarizes and contextualizes the reviews in this issue and the theme in general. The reviews include clinical management reviews, one entitled Disease Spectrum of Anaphylaxis Disorders, and another one entitled Extrinsic and Intrinsic Modulators of Anaphylaxis, both with CME opportunities. And then for clinical commentary reviews, we have one entitled Identifying and Managing Those at Risk for Vaccine-Related Allergy and Anaphylaxis, also with CME, and another entitled Venom Anaphylaxis, Decision Points for a More Aggressive Workup. And finally, Research Advances in Mast Cell Biology and Their Translation into Novel Therapies for Anaphylaxis. The issue has two rostra. One regards anaphylaxis and is entitled Refractory Anaphylaxis, a New Entity for Severe Anaphylaxis. And another about food allergy entitled Provision of Food Allergy Care in the United Kingdom and United States, Current Issues and Future Directions. There are two featured editorials. One is entitled, Is Maintenance a Misnomer? A Narrative Framework Setting the Right Expectations of Allergen Immunotherapy. And another is entitled, Can Artificial Intelligence Be an Author on a Medical Paper? Now, I will present the summaries of the full-length original articles in this issue. These will cover the following areas in formation, anaphylaxis, asthma, drug allergy, and food allergy. The first is entitled, Food-Induced Anaphylaxis, Data from the European Anaphylaxis Registry, by Dole Birk et al. What's already known about this topic? Food is one of the most common elicitors of anaphylaxis. The five major food allergens triggering food-induced anaphylaxis, or FIA, in children are peanut, cow's milk, cashew, hen's egg, and hazelnut. What does this article add to our knowledge? Shellfish and wheat were identified as major triggers of FIA in adults. External factors can alter the outcomes of a reaction. Exercise was statistically proven in peanut and alcohol intake in wheat anaphylaxis. How does the study impact current management guidelines? A broader range of possible food triggers should be considered in adults. The severity of FIA can be enhanced by exercise and alcohol intake. The next article is entitled, S-CD14 and intestinal fatty acid binding proteins are elevated in the serum of patients with idiopathic anaphylaxis by Cavadol. What's already known about this topic? Intestinal epithelial integrity compromise has been identified in gastrointestinal atopic and autoimmune diseases. What does the article add to our knowledge? The study demonstrates that markers of gastrointestinal permeability are increased in patients with idiopathic anaphylaxis adding to the growing body of literature suggesting epithelial barrier disruption is implicated in allergic, atopic, and or inflammatory diseases. How does this study impact current management guidelines? Measurements of serum microbial translocation markers may provide evidence toward a diagnosis in the evaluation of patients with suspected idiopathic anaphylaxis. The next article is entitled, is once versus twice daily dosing better for adherence in asthma and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease by De Kaiser et al. What's already known about this topic? 
Medication adherence is suboptimal in asthma and COPD. Providers may prescribe once daily dosing in an attempt to improve adherence. What does the article add to our knowledge? Once daily dosing was associated with improved adherence to inhaled medications across age and disease in a real-world population. What does the study impact current management guidelines? Providers may consider simplifying medication regimens to reduce the frequency of dosing from twice to once daily in order to improve adherence to medications. The next article is entitled, Psychiatric Adverse Effects of Montelukast, a Nationwide Cohort Study by Jordan et al. What's already known about the topic? Montelukast is a drug frequently used in the treatment of allergy and asthma. However, recent studies suggest that it may have neuropsychiatric adverse effects. What does the article add to our knowledge? Especially among younger individuals, Montelukast's use appears to be associated with a substantially increased risk of neuropsychiatric events, such as use of neuropsychiatric medicine and hospital treatment. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Clinicians should raise awareness toward such potentially serious adverse effects of Montelukast, a globally very frequently used drug. The next article is entitled, Safety and Effectiveness of As-Needed Fomoterol in Asthma Patients Taking Inhaled Corticosteroids, ICS, Fomoterol, or ICS Salmeterol Maintenance Therapy, by Riddell et al. What's already known about this topic? Global Initiative for Asthma, or GINA, and National Asthma Education and Prevention Program, or NAEPP, guidelines recommend inhaled corticosteroids, ICS, Fomoterol, as a preferred controller and reliever for asthma, either in combination with maintenance ICS for Motorol or Angina alone. However, for patients taking a non-Fermoterol ICS long-acting beta-2 agonist as maintenance therapy, the recommended reliever is a short-acting beta-2 agonist, or SABA, or Angina 2023, combination ICS-SABA. What does this article add to our knowledge? Exacerbation risk was significantly reduced by as-needed Fermoterol versus as-needed Salbutamol, when added to maintenance ICS Fomoterol, but not to maintenance ICS Salmeterol. ICS Salmeterol maintenance therapy plus as-needed Fomoterol resulted in more adverse events leading to discontinuation. How does this study impact current management guidelines? The present findings do not provide sufficient evidence to change the current clinical recommendations that SABA or ICS SABA is the appropriate reliever for patients with asthma taking maintenance ICS Salmeterol. The next article is entitled, Less Social Deprivation is Associated with Better Health-Related Quality of Life in Asthma and is Mediated by Less Anxiety and Better Sleep Quality by Moitre et al. What's already known about the topic? Previous studies have shown that socioeconomic factors play important roles in health-related quality of life in asthma. However, less attention has been paid to other dimensions of social and psychological factors that can also influence health-related quality of life in asthma. What does the article add to our knowledge? Our study is the first to delineate some of the less recognized social factors, such as companionship, emotional support, instrumental support, and social isolation as crucial determinants of health-related quality of life in asthma. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Our study proposes that clinicians should also look into other less recognized determinants, such as social or psychological factors, while assessing health-related quality of life in asthma. The next article is entitled, Early Life, Weight Status, and Risk of Childhood Asthma or Recurrent Wheeze in Preterm and Term Offspring by Shia et al. What's already known about the topic? Weight gain 
has been explored as a risk factor for childhood asthma, the most common chronic disease in childhood. However, trends among preterm and term offspring may differ and are crucial to investigate. What is the article to our knowledge? We found that above average weight gain is associated with increased odds of childhood asthma, and this was mainly driven by children at term. However, we observed lower odds of childhood asthma in preterm children during catch-up growth. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Tailored weight gain strategies in early life may mitigate the risk of childhood asthma. The next article is entitled Effect of High-Intensity Interval Training on Inhaled Corticosteroid Dose in Asthma Patients, a Randomized Controls Trial by Pitzner Fabricus et al. What's already known about the topic? Aerobic exercise improves symptom control in patients with asthma. What does the article add to our knowledge? This study addresses a gap in literature evaluating the corticosteroid-sparing effect of aerobic exercise in adult patients with asthma. High-intensity interval training facilitated a reduction in use of inhaled corticosteroids in untrained asthma patients. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Our results add to the mounting data suggestive of exercising having a role in future asthma management beyond the general health benefits. The next article is entitled, The Association of Food Insecurity with Asthma Control in Adults During COVID-19 by Grande et al. What's already known about the topic? Food insecurity has been associated with poor asthma control in children, but research with adults with asthma is lacking, especially during the coronavirus disease 2019 pandemic. What does this article add to our knowledge? Food insecurity is associated with worse asthma control in adults during the coronavirus disease 2019 pandemic. How does the study impact current management guidance? Providers should be aware of the possible relationship between food insecurity and asthma control. They should consider screening for food insecurity when treating, individu- when treating individuals with uncontrolled asthma because food insecurity is associated with worse control. The next article is entitled, Largest Real-World Effectiveness Study of Benralizumab for Severe Eosinophilic Asthma, Zephyr 2, by Karstens et al. What's already known about this topic? Benralizumab demonstrated clinical and economic benefits in real-world analysis of patients with severe eosinophilic asthma, but its effectiveness in patients with different baseline eosinophil values or previous treatment with biologics and its long-term impact are unknown. What does the study add to our knowledge? Benralizumab reduced asthma exacerbation rates in patients with blood eosinophil counts less than 150, more than or equal to 150, 150 to less than 300, less than 300, and more than or equal to 300 cells per microliter, who switched from another biologic or with up to 24 months of follow-up after benralizumab initiation. How does this study impact current management guidelines? The results show that add-on benralizumab is effective for long-term control of severe eosinophilic asthma in patients with varying eosinophil counts or who switched from other biologics which can potentially reduce patients' dependence on corticosteroids. The next article is entitled, Novel Connections of Common Childhood Illnesses Based on More Than 5 Million Diary Registrations from Birth Until Age 3 Years by Norgard Hall. What's already known about the topic? Children experience numerous episodes of mild symptoms during the first years of life. However, knowledge on prevalence and determinants is scarce. What does the article add to our knowledge? Using daily registrations from the first three years of life from a large cohort, a detailed description of the symptom burden in early life, symptom comorbidities, and determinants is reported.
How does the study impact current management guidelines? Understanding disease burden in the first year of life is essential in management of pediatric patients, and this article serves as a realistic tool for clinicians assessing toddlers with frequent infections and their underlying mechanisms. The next article is entitled, Non-steroidal Anti-Inflammatory Drug, or NSAID, Tolerance After Biological Therapy in Patients with NSAID-Exacerbated Respiratory Disease, a Randomized Comparative Trial by Sanchez et al. What's already known about the topic? Venerolizumab, dupilumab, mepolizumab, and omelizumab are biological therapies with proven clinical efficacy in the treatment of asthma and chronic rhinocytositis, but there is minimal information regarding their impact on non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug or NSAID tolerance and NSAID-exacerbated respiratory disease. What does this article add to our knowledge? This is the first prospective study evaluating the impact of four biological therapies on NSAID tolerance and NSAID exacerbated respiratory disease. The four therapies were useful for the induction of NSAID tolerance, but the frequency varies depending on the monoclonal properties. How does a study impact current management guidelines? This exploratory study shows that biologics can increase NSAID tolerance in NSAID exacerbated respiratory disease, with omelizumab and dupilumab appearing to be superior to anti-IL-5 agents. The next article is entitled Characterizing Antibiotic Allergy Labels in a Large UK Hospital Population to Inform Antimicrobial Stewardship and Delabeling Assessment Strategy by Jones et al. What's already known about the topic? Antibiotic allergy labels are highly prevalent in hospitals in the United States, Canada, and Australia, affecting a higher proportion of patients than has been reported in Europe. Prevalence in UK hospitals has not been previously described. What is the article add to our knowledge? The prevalence of recorded reactions to antibiotics in this large UK hospital was comparable to that of high-prevalence countries, 16.3% in inpatients, 9.7% in outpatients. Point-of-care delabeling assessments would be suitable for most penicillin allergy labels. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Addressing the clarity and quality of antibiotic allergy labels and investing in point-of-care penicillin allergy delabeling programs is justified as an important component of the antimicrobial stewardship strategy. The next article is entitled, In-Office Amoxicillin to Increase Graded Dose Challenges at Initial Evaluation for Penicillin Allergy by Redmond et al. What's already known about the topic? Current standard of care for clarifying penicillin allergy in pediatric patients with a low-risk history involves a graded dose challenge. What is the article add to our knowledge? Having amoxicillin available at the initial evaluation significantly increased the percentage of new patients who received the graded dose challenge. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Amoxicillin is inexpensive and readily available. Having amoxicillin available in the allergy immunology clinic setting can increase the rate of penicillin allergy evaluation. The next article is entitled, Systematic Review of the Incidence and or Prevalence of Eating Disorders in Individuals with Food Allergies by Sikuliet et al. What's already known about the topic? It has been well established that higher rates of eating disorders, or EDs, occur among those with chronic disease requiring dietary interventions, such as diabetes and celiac disease. Disordered eating behavior is reported to be an emerging problem in food allergy clinics worldwide. However, the prevalence of EDs among those with food allergy is unclear. What does the article add to our knowledge? This systematic review highlights the limited research on the prevalence of EDs among individuals with food allergy. Nevertheless, the findings suggest that EDs may be more prevalent in individuals with food allergy than in those without. How does the study impact management guidelines? 
In the absence of guidelines for the assessment of EDs in individuals with food allergy, practitioners should be familiar with the signs of EDs in their patients with food allergy and be prepared to refer to multidisciplinary teams with experience in disordered eating for assessment and management. The next article is entitled, Double-Blind Placebo-Controlled Study of EB-FAFE-2 in Combination with Omalizumab-Facilitated Multi-Allergen Oral Immunotherapy by Wang et al. What's already known about the topic? Oral immunotherapy is effective for inducing desensitization for peanut and other allergens, but adverse events are common, desensitization wanes after treatment discontinuation, and few achieve remission. What does the article add to our knowledge? Enhanced butanol-purified food allergy herbal formula 2, eb 2 is a safe and well-tolerated herbal medication for individuals with food allergies, but there's no clear evidence that eb 2 enhances outcomes of multiple allergen oral immunotherapy multi-OIT and omeluzumab. What is the study impact for current management guidelines? Results from this trial provide further evidence that multi-OIT with omelizumab can be performed safely and results in desensitization for the majority of patients. Importantly, remission was achieved by 24.2% of subjects who underwent treatment. And the final full-length original article in this issue is entitled, Developing a Prediction Model for Determination of Peanut Allergy Status in the Learning Early About Peanut Allergy or LEAP Studies by Sever et al. What's already known about the topic? There is a need for diagnostic tools for predicting food allergy status in the absence of an oral food challenge, or OFC. Previous work has largely used sequential algorithms that have limitations in specific specificity result in a significant number of non-evaluable results. What does the article add to our knowledge? A logistic regression model using skin tests and serum IgE values outperforms a traditional clinical algorithm to predict peanut allergy in the absence of an OFC. How does the study impact current management guidelines? Statistical models could be used in the future as an adjunct to help support clinical decision-making, prioritization, and risk assessment before OFC. This is Scott Sishore. Thank you for listening to this Highlights podcast for this theme issue on anaphylaxis. I hope you enjoyed hearing the article highlights, and I encourage you to read through this theme issue as the editors are confident that the information is valuable to you and your patients. Thanks again for listening.